got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of a defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Oh, and he was absolutely knocked back into that tweet by Atwood. David Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes magnificently on the outside. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug. The podcast by the fans, for the fans. And as hard as it is sometimes, boys, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Tom. I am joined in the great city of Bath by Charlie. Charlie, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, Tom. And down the line, Gabriel. Gabriel, how are things? Hi, mate. Yeah, uh, just about recovered from Friday night. Um, So, yeah, not too bad now. Yeah, and I think, first of all, probably a, a congratulations um, in order to all Bath fans and indeed all rugby fans uh, across the country um, for those who actually made it through what was a dreadful uh, spectacle um, on Friday night at the AJ Bell. Only the second time, gents, in four years um, that there's been a trialless game in the Premiership. Uh, the first of which was earlier on in the season um, against Saracens uh, in March. So, uh, yeah, dreadful game, boys. Dreadful performance. Uh, dreadful result. Gabriel, I'll come to you first. What was your uh, overall uh, impression um, and sort of overriding feeling um, after the full-time whistle on Friday? Yeah, I think credit to the Bath fans that made it through on the telly, but also huge credit to if there were any Bath fans that went up to the AJ Bell. It must have been a pretty chastening experience. But I think what was so disappointing, Tom, was the performance of Bath. I think both of you guys predicted it would be a Bath uh, defeat. Um, but Sale were absolutely there for the taking on Friday night. It was a terrible performance by them. Um, but for Bath to play even worse than them, than them that was what was um, so disappointing. And yeah, it was a, a pretty terrible performance, you say, Tom. Yeah, I think after the, the seven-all draw at the rec, which was uh, pretty dull, Charlie, I don't think uh, BT Sport will be rushing uh, again uh, to show that fixture. Charlie, let me, let me ask you, was, do you think that was the worst... Uh, Bath performance of the season and given you know it's in some pretty uh, good company as far as as far as that accolade's concerned yeah well as Gabriel says that game was decided by which team was worse and it, it's, sadly as it, how it's been on so many occasions it, it was Bath again on Friday night um, and as far as the worst performance of the season I'm I'm, I'm not sure it's definitely up there uh, because the amount of you know we have 38 uh, percent we only gave Sale thirty eight percent possession in uh, in that in that kind of first half an hour, and we were all over them in that first twenty minutes. We 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 had so many chances, but we just weren't able to capitalise on anything really. And that's where I you know, I almost feel a bit sorry for Todd Blackadder because you, you think you think how many opportunities you know, this game plan has managed to put on a plate for the players on the field, but we just never seem to be able to take them. You know, even coming down to kicks on goal, you look at these you know, simple kicks and that, that missed drop kick uh, by Freddie Burns. Like the, These are all opportunities that if we take, we win that game comfortably despite playing badly, but we just cannot seem to take them. So just, just before we sort of, I guess, go into a bit more detail and dissect the game and, and what specifically went wrong, gee, where does this... Uh, rank for you um, in terms of performances uh, in the season? Is it worse than the the last gas defeats to Harlequins and Northampton Saints and Worcester Warriors, just to name three? Yeah, it's absolutely the worst performance of the season. It's up there with the worst performances I've ever seen as a Bath fan watching the club for, what, 10 years now. I can't remember Bath or perhaps any professional team I've watched playing that badly. I mean, Old Tulians have had some pretty poor performances this season, but I reckon on our day, we had given Bath and even Sale a run for their money on, on Friday night. It was a, a woeful spectacle. Really, two really bad teams. And uh, yeah. Well, if you want Jamie Roberts running down your your channel at 12, Gabriel, I'm happy to swap positions for the day. Well, I think I think that was one of the issues, Charlie. He, yeah, fine, so exactly. I don't think you'd have had too difficult a day at the office. And, and this is sort of the thing that I was going to say I mean in in the games against uh, Worcester Saints and Quinns that I mentioned at least we sort of gave ourselves opportunities at least we um, actually put some points on the board this to me felt like we weren't even getting near to that and that was that that was the really big issue when, whenever we got sort of near uh, the 22 or near to scoring points at all and I'm talking about tries here as opposed to penalty kicks we seem to 
cough up the ball, um, or you know, or or, or or get turned over by one of the Curry brothers, and and for me that was what what was what was so disappointing, Charlie. Yeah, the breakdown was terrible, as you allude to there at the end, Tom. But I think uh, only in the second half, though. I think oh. the first half we dealt with it. We dealt with it quite well. Yeah, I'm not sure there were. I, you know, I'm not going to be. Well, I am going about to be that man who points his finger slightly at the referee. There were some decisions, some key decisions as well that they, they they scored points from that I'm not sure entirely on some of the refereeing decisions. It's certainly down at the end when, when Curry never releases, uh, it never released Jonathan Joseph um, uh, towards the end of the game. And I, I just think it was such a hotly contested area and it was an area where we were going to struggle and I'm just not sure we got the run of the green uh, at the breakdown. Um, but then again, we gave away so many penalties and that's what ultimately shoots ourselves in, in the foot. Well, yeah, we can get all the penalties we want from the referee. I can't remember who it was in the day, but we're not going to kick them anyway. So, that, you know, what, there's no good game. We, we, the referee's given up ample opportunity to win that game with, with three missed kicks and, the, well, the missed drop goal wasn't from the referee. But, you know what I mean? Like, we could have, he could have given us 10 penalties on the day and we still would have um, somehow managed to lose that game. It was just one of those nights where I don't think Bath are going to win that game, sort of whatever the referee was doing. Yeah, and we, we've spoken many times on this podcast about, you know, are you in the Burns camp or, or are you in the Reese Priestling camp? And for oh. much of the season, uh, gents, there's not been much to, to choose between them. And I think on Friday night as well, uh, there wasn't much to choose between them. Who, Gabriel, I'll come to, come to you first. Who was worse uh, on the night? <laughs> Freddie Burns while he was on or, or Reese Priestling when he came on? Oh, I don't know. It was worse. Oh, yeah, they were probably just about as bad as each other. I'll tell you um, what I, I think. Priestland sort of did anything right in the time he was on the field. Like I can remember countless errors, sort of summed up by the fact him calling the mark when he wasn't even the twenty-two. It he kind didn't, of looked like he, he didn't, wasn't he didn't really with it. Sort of yeah. had his mind in the Awful. game. It was a bizarre performance, and and Burns as well. Just a, a couple of stats on Burns. One carry, no meters made, four passes from your fly half that plays forty-nine minutes. That's that's probably not good enough, chaps. Yeah, not great those stats, are they? But yeah, Priestland, what the? Because uh, he's supposed to be the old, you know, the calm head. Yeah, the calm head, steady Eddie, dead eye dick off the tee, whatever you want to say. Misses a kick that, that would have you know drawn us the game. Misses touch. Um, drops the ball under his sticks, tries to mark outside of the 22, although he did, he did do pretty well after that, actually, you know, to, to, to manage to beat about three defenders. But honestly, he was, he, he was awful when he came on. And uh, yeah, I, I, I just I was absolutely furious. And I, I, he does it far too much. The missing touch is my biggest bugbear with him. I, I just, you've got one job to do as, as a 10 in that situation. It's just make touch. Don't try and be greedy and bite off more than you can chew. You know, I, yeah. It, well, it's missing not... sticks for me is even, even worse, mate. Like you say, that's their one job. Their one job is really to sort of kick a goal and you can blame the coaches and stuff all you want. You know, you don't need a kicking coach at, at that level. Both of the fly halves have got to make those kicks. Like that's just <laughs> simply inexcusable. And yeah, I, I know you say like Preston did well after he sort of, Missed the mark, and I, I completely agree with you, Charlie. He kind of recovered that situation pretty well, but I think it just sort of summed up Bath's performance. That it was just an absolute inept performance, a, a sort of a, a sleepy performance from Bath. We never really looked like we were we were sort of in the game and and, and going to win that game. Yeah, both fly halves uh, definitely uh, terrible when they came on. I thought um, I, I agree with you, Charlie. Particularly Reese Priestland, it looked as if. Um, he, he wasn't he wasn't quite with it to be honest. He wasn't expecting to come on. He hadn't warmed up. Um, just that passage of ten minutes, as you say, when um, he fumbled the ball in the twenty two and and then and then mistouched and, and and also missed that missed that kick was was shocking. And I think one potential uh, solution, boys, turning to social media uh, for the first time because uh, as you'd expect, um, it's been a busy um, a time uh, for, for for Bath rugby fans on social media. Loads of opinions. Um, and, and loads of comments, which is great. And uh, yeah, get in touch with us um, at Bath Rugby Plug uh, with anything that you want to say. And I'll come uh, to Rob Turner, um, who tweeted us. And I'll, I'll come to you, uh, Charlie, on this. He says, why don't we get the ball to McConaughey in more space? Play him at 10 and just tell him to run. What would what, you make of that? Run, Forrest, run. Uh, Remember Rocket the Goonie yeah, doing that yeah. a couple of times uh, last season. Yeah. Is Rory the answer at 10, do you think? Yeah, maybe. You know, it's, it's, He's not got much competition at the moment. But yeah, it's 
we, we we can't really seem to get that bat line going at all. And yeah, if you've if you've got Freddie Burns who makes four passes in the entire game at ten, you're not going to because I didn't see McConaughey at all. I didn't, I didn't see any of the back three at well, all. Well, yeah, really. I was just, just going to yeah. Put, Watson's come back. Well, I was going to say we'll, we'll talk about Watson because I think we can you know we can briefly move on to some of the more positive things at at some point and and albeit very briefly. And I think Anthony Watson um, definitely sits amongst. Uh, among the positives to take from from the AJ Bell, but just to put some uh, stats on what you're saying there, Charlie, and you're talking about using these uh, attacking weapons. We're mentioning uh, Jamie Roberts. So only three carries uh, for British and Irish Lion. Uh, Jamie Roberts, one carry in the game for Rory McConaughey, and three carries. Uh, for Joe Thokanasiga. How are we meant to win a game, Gabriel, if we're not using um, these fantastic attacking weapons that we have in our armoury? Well, yeah, and uh, Semester Rockadaguni on for sort of, I think it was nine minutes to, to make an impact at the end, didn't touch the ball. So, uh, yeah. yeah, bizarre. I don't know how we're meant to sort of, um, we spoke about how maybe that was an area we could exploit Sale out wide with uh, with our back three. And we, we spoke, we raved about how exciting that back three was going to be for Bath with, with Boxen back in the fray. But um, if you can't get the ball to them, uh, then, then, you know they 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 can't show what they, what they can do and yeah it was so disappointing the attack and it, yeah it was um it was a it was a woeful performance all around and and, and the back three just didn't really get into the game of, of either side yeah how I was just just thinking you know, on those stats how much do you reckon we're paying per carry in in this situation <laughs> all those players well Charlie if I, if I if I if I get my calculator again out on this podcast I think your your blood pressure will be through the roof Please to be honest uh, no but uh, I think yeah. Uh, definitely a, a, a big concern and uh, it's, just, it's just interesting boys to think sort of why that is because we've been spreading the ball uh, quite nicely we've spoken about um, sort of the attacking uh, structure and attacking intent that we've been beginning to show um, under Gervin Dempsey so why why were we unable to get these boys in the game do you think do you think conditions played a part Charlie because it was it wasn't um, a, a very nice night it was it was a particularly windy uh, day I think there was some rain but you, you particularly noticed um, sort of the wind um uh, that was against Bath in the first half and with us in the second half. So do you think that played a factor in why we were unable to get the ball to these guys? Oh, I don't really think you can you, you can say that in professional rugby. You know, yes, you, you may have, they may have missed the odd kick more to, that's uh, on Friday night because of the windy conditions. But I don't think it you know, as as professional professional rugby players, professional athletes, conditions really shouldn't really uh, decide how you're able to play. Uh, your, what style of play you're able to you're able to uh, enforce on that evening, and I think there there doesn't seem to be a plan B with Bath. There there seems to be plan A, and if plan A doesn't work, everything goes out the window. And I think that's why 20 minutes in, you know, we we we're looking solid. The game plans we we haven't been able to take take our opportunities, and therefore we're panicking because we haven't you know seen any change on the scoreboard. Uh, and there's 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 no there's no one is there mixing it up trying something different. No one's able to recognise that the game has to change. We need to target certain areas on the field, and and that that that, that to me is is almost a, a lack of leadership. I think. Yeah, I think conditions probably to play a slight part. Like I don't think either side sort of really used their their outside backs. And I accept what you're saying, Charlie. Like at that level, they they shouldn't really play a part. But I think they they probably did on the night, which was kind of a reflection, I think, of, of the the ability of, of both teams. But I don't think it was necessarily like a, a lack of Plan B. I just think it was sort of a, an inaccurate Plan A as well. Like I think that could ease like. The plan A, as you were saying, Charlie, kind of did work at times, but we just didn't do it sort of for long enough and sort of well enough. Yeah, so I think that was uh, the main issue on the night. And, and another issue I, I found with the, the Bath performance, and it's something we've brought up so many times, and that was the compounding of errors. Like There was a really big moment, I think, in the second half uh, where we got a penalty and we kicked for the corner. Uh, and we were unable to sort of execute our, our line out, um, our line out mall, which has been a real issue for us now. I think for the second half of the season, our line out mall has just not been good enough. Um, and we we gave the ball away, we gave a penalty, they go down, and then we gave away another penalty, and they kicked the the match winning goal. So yeah, the compounding of errors was was just absolutely criminal from Bath. That was a key moment in the game. Um, that was a moment where I felt like if we we could get a penalty, milk a penalty from that situation. Or perhaps you know push them over, and that would be a massive moment in the game because it was going to be low scoring. But for them to sort of go off the back of that, go to sixty meters down the field, um, and then and then kick the match-winning goal, then yeah, it was actually it was actually you know, yeah, four four penalties between 
um, minutes 58 and, and 62. And as you say, um, led to that all-important uh, penalty from AJ McGinty. Yeah, exactly. And it, uh, earlier on as well, I thought one one big moment uh, in the first half, which is where the kind of momentum started to swing out of our favour, was you know, on, on on that 30-minute mark when Max Laheef makes a you know makes a good tackle, balls slightly dislodged while placing it back. Um, I think it was John O'Ross. And then Lahif kind of gets up and kicks the ball straight, uh, kicks the ball through straight away, kind of excitedly, but not realizing that he was offside. Um, and so that gave away a penalty, kicked uh, very easily in front of the sticks, and straight from the kickoff, Max Lahif again gives away another penalty. And just when you've conceded points, it's those compounding of errors. You're exactly right, Gabriel. It just sent them back into our, uh, back into uh, the, the bath, uh, the bath half, bath half, and. Um, yeah, and then they, they they were just able to build build on that. It resulted on them you know, building in our half another kick at goal. And for, luckily for us, they they mix uh, they missed it. But you know, so it's compounding of errors that just they are real coach killers, as everyone everyone always says. Yeah, do you, do you, you can see why we're sort of why we've signed three new props for next season, and why there's a, a few maybe out of contract next season, guys. Like the drop off, I think, from uh, the front two to, to what's below has has been really noticeable in, in the last couple of weeks. Not just in the scrum, but as you say, in, in the discipline and around the park, it, it it's just been not good enough. I don't think. Yeah, I think um, you know well, there's actually been some some contract news uh, this week um, coming out of Bath, and we'll come on to that in a, in a minute. But I, I completely agree with you. I think. Um, there, there are players um, in the Rama squad that probably wouldn't um, have long careers in squads um, like Exeter, like Saracens. Just coach killers that that just give away needless penalties. You know, these guys have been playing rugby, and this is what always gets me. These guys have been playing rugby for 15 uh, years or more um, in, in some instances, and yet still they see the ball um, in a ruck and are unable to, to, to dive over the top and put their hands in. You know, still they give away these stupid penalties at the mall, despite being told repeatedly um, not to uh, commit that offence by the referee. And um, yeah, you, you can't win um, games of rugby with discipline uh, like ours. 14 penalties um, in the game um, and all. And particularly, you know, we mentioned the conditions, particularly when conditions um, are like that and our, our place kickers were struggling like, like they are. You just need to be able to keep it tight and, uh, yeah, um, unable to unable to do that once again. Do you just... Yeah. Go on. Sorry, yeah, just just quickly, I think one guy that I've been I've been big on this season, I think, is, is Tom Ellis. But I think if he wants to sort of take that next step up and and sort of compete with the guys when we've got all our, our well, if we ever get all our players back fit, if Ellis wants to sort of compete with those guys and and maybe push for higher honours, he really needs to sort out his discipline because his discipline on, on, on Friday night again was was just not good enough, as you say, Tom. In and around the mall, yeah. the referee was repeatedly saying mm. to him, "You can't do that," and he just he just stayed there. You know, there was a couple of occasions, and he just kept on doing it it was just so infuriating because as you say it was such a close encounter and, uh, and, and, and it was just moments like that just moments of stupid ill discipline from Bath which at the end of the day cost us three three penalties uh, for Tom Ellis which isn't um, a stat that, that he'll be pleased and I think you know, we, we spoke about it as well with, with some of the younger guys uh, like Josh Bayliss um, and Miles Reed, particularly in the back row and there's a fine line between trying to have an impact on every single situation that you're involved um, in in a rugby game, and also just going over the top and just giving away these needless penalties, and uh, yeah, it, it comes with experience. And and you know, um, nine times out of ten, we've been on this podcast praising Tom Ellis for for some of the great things um, that he's done. But um, it's just about match awareness sometimes, and uh, yeah, it's definitely something that, that that he'll need to learn and improve um, um, as he as he goes forward, Charlie. Yeah, definitely, because uh, he he I, I I was I would say the same thing, Gabriel. I kind of highlighted that him giving away a lot of penalties where at the lineup because he is he is a good presence you know in in attack and defense at the lineup but uh yeah he 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 tends to uh you know get on the wrong side of malls and it, yeah it's just it's not not a good trait that you want to be building for yourself because yeah. he, he is a very good player Gene, just one other thing on on the malls we mentioned our defensive malls um one area that I was really disappointed with uh, at at the weekend uh, on Friday sorry and I have been um you know f- for quite a lot this season is our attacking mall we are often back ourselves um, to, 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 to score the points and kick into the corner. Um, and then the mall just looks uh, just unstructured. We don't look particularly well drilled um, in that area. I don't know um, what it is, but you know, just after half time, we had that guilt edged opportunity to, to pull ahead. It was three, it was, sorry. Yeah, it was three, three uh, at the time. And, and Tom Curry 
um, came away with the ball um, inexplicably, and you can't get away with that as a as a as a, as a tight front, uh, tight five forward setting up a driving maul and, and for a back row player to come away with it. And yeah, as as you said, we then gave away those those penalties after half time and ultimately uh, cost the game. But yeah, the driving maul uh, for me is another area where um, we don't look particularly strong. And I think um, the addition of someone like Neil Hatley uh, next season. Um, for me, is a, is a small uh, sort of spark of optimism that at least that area uh, of our game uh, might improve with, with with a coach of that experience coming on board. Yeah, I really hope so because it's it's a weapon that we try to use a lot as a team, and it's really quite ineffective. Like I I don't know how many tries any, have we exa- scored exactly. Off, yeah. Not many pushover tries, and it's it's we we always back ourselves, you know, kind of to go to the corner, and you know we we've got this kind of big abrasive uh, forward pack that we we try to use, but it just doesn't. It just doesn't really seem to be you know bearing any fruit this this style of play and the maul is partly because of that it's 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 such a kind of blunt weapon that we keep to trying to use yeah i completely agree and it's such a big weapon for for so many other teams like you look at the successful teams in 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 not just this country but sort of in europe as well like the driving maul is such a big weapon because you get penalties uh, in and around the halfway line and and you can kick to within their 22 and, and and good teams just push over and you get penalty 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 and it nearly always leads to a penalty try a yellow card or or just a pushover try and it's such a potent weapon for for all those things and, and Bath, as you say, keep going to it. They must back themselves in the week. It must look fucking excuse me. It must look really great in the week. But um on Saturdays or on Fridays, we just can't seem to execute it. And I just don't know why we keep doing it. Do something else. Have a scrum, yeah, yeah. tap and go. Just stop doing something which is consistently going wrong. Yeah, and you, you and, and you look at Exeter and uh you know they built their success really with guys like uh, Thomas Waldrum, who gee, I know is a is a favourite favourite player of yours. But they built their success really on the foundation that was the was the driving mall to the extent that it almost became uh, boring. Well, it did become boring to watch because they just kicked a corner and just grind teams uh, down using using the driving mall. So. Uh, Bath yeah. is boring in a completely different way. I'd love to be boring in the way that Exeter are boring, but Bath are boring in almost the worst possible way, which is a, a three-point, you know, no points in 71 minutes on yeah, Friday shocking. night. That must be the, the, the longest sort of time without points of, of any team in the Premiership this season. Like, it was so bad on on, on Friday night. And, and yeah, the ro- the lack of rolling more, as you say, Tom, I think has been sort of, some, our, sort of part of our Achilles heel all season, but, yeah, especially prominent on on Friday night. Yeah, another another area where um, we haven't uh, really seen much improvement over, over the season and uh, continues to be continues to be a weakness. Gee, just before um, I, I come back to you, because I'm conscious we, you know, it was a boring enough match to watch, and I don't want to dwell on it uh, uh, for too long. But just before we take a step back um, and assess sort of where we are. Um, in the season, um, what's ahead, um, and also sort of what we've got to uh, look forward to for for want of for want of a better phrase. Let's just touch very very briefly because I think I, th- I think we should in in, in the sort of um, interest of being balanced on a couple of uh, positives that we can take away um, from Friday night. And I'm I'm not going to let you boys uh, have very long on this because um, you know ultimately it was a terrible performance as we said, the worst of the season. We should be uh, ashamed of ourselves really, and I think we should uh, be be uh, be be focusing on, on on things that we can improve but charlie yeah. um 20 seconds uh what was what was uh what were the main positives that you can take away from friday night yeah it wasn't much to be positive about so i don't know why you're worrying about dwelling on this for too long tom i've got not very much to be uh to, to be sharing but yeah great to see watson back obviously i think we all yep. agree played well Although, as well yeah did, did, did play well solid looks like he'll hopefully be able to make a good challenge for england in the world cup um I was worried every time I went into a tackle, though, because I thought he was just going to come out broken. Um, uh, but then, otherwise, you know, another positive. I thought I, d- I did think that Foto Lee played played quite well. Yeah. You know, around the fringes, he looked he looked pretty solid. And uh, yeah, I, I thought you know, for for a pretty pretty shocking performance in uh, in general for Bath. Yeah, he 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 probably stood out slightly above so the rest. So Watson and uh, Foto Lee. Gee, you were shaking your head. Uh, when Charlie mentioned uh, Fotoli, then no, not, not... He, he was fine. He certainly wasn't the worst part of that performance. So I, I've actually got five. I've come up with five um, reasons to be cheerful uh, after Friday night. So go I'll on, just then. run through them quickly, mate, if I can. Yeah, go go for it. Yeah. So as you say, Watson uh, return number one. I think number two, Charlie Yules, I think had quite a decent game. Yep. I thought he was actually Bath's best player. Yeah, he's on my list. Uh, and two turnovers. 
if you compare that with Dave Atwood's five tackles and six carries, I thought yours was the standout second row, certainly. Uh, we got a losing bonus point. We haven't had uh, many bonus points uh, this season. Uh, we can't get relegated because Newcastle uh, are now all but down. Uh, and the final positive, guys, is surely um, it can't get any worse than that. Surely the only way now is surely up. So, yeah, there are the five positives, five reasons to be cheerful uh, if you're a Bath fan going into the end of the season. Yeah, they do say the best thing about hitting rock bottom is you can't go any lower. So I guess it's uh, yeah, it's uh, all back uphill from here. I hope. Well, I was going to say this. And I, you know, I was I was looking through through social media but before the podcast and uh, the Bath Rugby Supporters page, um, which is a Facebook uh, group, and it, it's a really good forum for for ideas actually. And and there was one post earlier today that was um, you know what could be worse than being a Bath fan. And actually, there are there are a few things. You could be a Leicester fan. Um, you could be uh, a Newcastle fan. To be fair. Um, I think if you're a Bristol fan or indeed a Worcester fan after the results of the weekend, you'd probably be um, ironically happier than than if you're a Bath fan, despite sitting uh, lower than us um, in the table. But just before we move on um, from this from this short section, I'll just um, add uh, add one thing, um, and it's probably the only highlight uh, from the match. And I don't know if you boys saw the Sell Sharks. Uh, a Twitter post um, about the the highlights from the match, and it was just a black screen that says uh, this video uh, could not be found, which I thought was uh, I thought was pretty good. But I think the only sort of highlight um, from the match, and the only thing that sticks out to me, um, is Joe Thokonasiga absolutely emptying the the, the Sail Sharks tight head prop uh, Will Griff John on the gain line. He, he he slid over, got the ball, picked up some uh, some speed, and absolutely steamrolled over the top of a a, a tight head prop. So uh, yeah, massive collision um, from from Big Joe there. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of all about, I had yeah, to add to that, boys. Yeah, I guess uh, I'd say there's three carries which we're paying upwards of a hundred grand a year for. But yeah, yeah, well. I guess there can be one last positive, boys. We're probably going to have more chance of uh, winning some silverware next year because we're probably going to be in the Challenge Cup. So, uh, trip to Romania, anyone? <laughs> oh yeah, and again, another, 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 another tweet uh, that's actually been taken down by uh, by uh, Glasgow Warriors. And if you haven't seen this, um, I'm sure we'll be able to find it somewhere online. Although it has been, as I say, taken down from Twitter. Um, posting to to Edinburgh Rugby, um, who obviously missed out on the playoffs uh, for for the, for the top fourteen uh, for the Pro fourteen, sorry, um, just with a guidebook uh, for Romania and a guidebook for Russia, given that they won't be in in top flight <laughs> European rugby, and I yeah. fear um, we might potentially have to have to buy uh, sort of uh, purchase some of those uh, guidebooks as well if if we don't um, have a drastic turnaround uh, at the end of the season. Yeah, so I guess that's wrapped yeah. most of it up. So. Yeah. Uh, just on that, Tom, actually, like a nice little segue onto that and just to lead into a bit of a more general discussion, but like we're still sort of only two points outside the top six, like incredibly. So like, you know, it seems like we're having sort of five points off top four. We could still get in the top six. And just on that, guys, do you guys kind of think that this this is perhaps um the worst premiership season? Like in, in in quite a while in terms of quality of the teams because Bath are, are, are not a very good team this season especially recently and yet we still might might get into the top six and and Sale as well like they will not be very proud of that performance so what do you, you guys think generally of the, the quality of the Premiership this season and does that bode very well for for England going into the World Cup? Um, I I'd actually say last season the quality was probably worse you know when you when you look at how Newcastle managed to get into the top four last year I think just all the teams were genuinely pretty poor. This year, I think with the competitive nature uh, that we've seen, you know, from from kind of 10th all the way through to kind of the third, you know, all, all the teams have been able to beat each other. It's been very competitive matches. Yes, teams like Bath have been extremely inconsistent. You know, we've managed to, you know, we've managed to beat, uh, we've managed to beat Saracens, uh, but we've also managed to lose to Newcastle as well. So I'd say that, 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 that that's probably... Uh, the way I see it, that I think it's just been really competitive, but with you know sprinkling of inconsistency, especially for teams like Bath. Oh, I'm not sure to be honest. Like I, I watched a couple of the of the other games uh, from the weekend. Uh, gee, we watched the uh, the game on Sunday. What was that? That was um, who do we see on Sunday? The the, the Wasp Saracens. Game. Yeah, Wasp Saracens and. To be honest, like not a particularly great standard of rugby. I, I, I didn't think wasps were really poor. Um, the result was inevitable, sort of from 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 the start of the game. Again on Sunday, Worcester Gloucester. 
not a particularly high standard of rugby, I didn't think. And um, I think a lot of it, to be honest, comes down to how the volume um, of rugby that these guys have to play. And, you know, this is a subject uh, certainly um, for another day. But uh, yeah, very, very tight, as you say, um, leading into in, into the next couple of games. And uh, top six um, somehow is, is still on the still on the horizon. And, you know, if you'd asked me before the sale game, um, would I have taken a losing bonus point? I would have probably said yes. And, 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 you know, that's, that, that, that is the thing, but it's just the manner of the performance, um, which means that I'm just unable to be, to be positive um, about, about this at all, to be honest. Yeah, you know, the problem is, though, Tom, someone's got to finish in, in the bottom six, and we've got two games left, and we are sat in eighth. Like, well, just, just, before, just before we look ahead, let's just, let's just quickly, um, uh, just a quick question on sort of the post-match reaction, which I thought was, uh, thought was slightly strange. And gee, I don't know if you saw um, the interview with, with Todd Blackadder and some of his, his comments um, after the game, but uh, to me, and not for the first time this season, he looked completely deflated, um, completely uh, resigned, uh, to pardon the pun, um, to the fact that it has been um, another disappointment um, of a season, and 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 he, yeah, he almost seemed resigned to the fact. You know, where where do where do the club where does the club go from here? Yeah, I think it was strange actually. Like the way sort of um, the way where the way the coaches were sort of sat or stood at the AJ Bell on Friday night. Like the three of them, Booth, Edwards, All and Blackadder, were kind of on their own. What it looked like, sort of on their own, away from everyone else, and and and, and I think yeah, sort of resigned to, to what was another really poor performance, uh, as we keep saying. And 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 it, I think it's a combination of things. Like I don't think the coaches are getting the best out of these players. Like it is a good squad, but then at the same time, the players certainly aren't helping the coaches with with sort of crazy errors, like the missed kicks and the missed drop goal and the missed touch and the the stupid penalties. As we keep we keep talking. But I don't think the players are helping the coaches, and the coaches I don't think are helping the players. I think it's got to a point where, kind of, you know, as much as we guys have been saying we need to keep stability at the top of the club, it's got to a point where I think maybe a change is sort of best for for the players and probably even best for the coaches. Like I think the coaches have sort of got to a point where it's kind of like we've done our absolute utmost with with this squad, and I think a fresh start for for both for for those three coaches and for for the, the playing squad as well. I think I think is probably actually going to be a positive thing looking forward to next season because, yeah, I, I do think it's kind of come to an end, this this sort of tenure and this sort of era of, of, of Bath rugby. Yeah, I know. It, it seems like our season has curdled if, if we were uh, if we were a carton of milk and I think you just got to chuck it out and uh, <laughs> uh, go buy a new one. That's, that's what it seems to me, yeah, Gabriel. Th- th- that was my sort of overriding emotion, to be fair, watching that. It was just like, you know, as bad as this is, there is some... Uh, light at the end of the tunnel or at least some potential for light at the end of the tunnel in the fact that um, it will be a new uh, it will be a completely fresh start um, next season I think just just before we move on Charlie just 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 one point and gee you mentioned it there about sort of the the level of talent um, and you know that we have at the club we've obviously mentioned the facilities um, you know the, the, these these big name coaches um, that that we bring in you know do you think that Charlie there's an element of us being biased and just looking for excuses um, as to why we're not performing in the top four, as to why we're not reaching this potential um, as we see it. Do you, do, you, do you think there's an element of we're actually just not that good? We're not a top four side. We don't have the level of talent to get to top four and we need to stop making these excuses and just accept that we're a, a, a sixth, seventh or, or eighth place no, premiership team. No, because you good, look at you look, you look at the squad we've got. completely lost hope. No, no. You look at the squad we've got. There's so much talent in that squad. And you look at some of the results we've got this season. We've beaten some teams who, you know, well, we've beaten Saracens and Northampton, both currently sat in the top four. And we've also beaten the Harlequins. We're able to beat all these teams who are competing for those those top four positions. But then we go and we lose to Worcester. We lose to Bristol. We lose to Newcastle. We lose to these games that we should be winning. And that's what's defined our season. It's just it, it's just so inconsistent. But we all of the tools are there. We're just not able to use them in the right way. And that's why we, we've just we've just found ourselves... Yeah, and I'm I'm going to say it now. I don't think we're going to make the top six. I think we're going to manage to lose. Probably, I I think this weekend we'll get onto it later. But I think this weekend we we we're throwing away games that are that we we should be winning. We would have noted this down as a game that we were targeting to win. This would have been a relying a relying on game this weekend that was going to catapult us into the top four, perhaps. But we haven't got ourselves into that situation and. It's, it's it's all the whole season has now just slid away from us. Yeah, 
gone. I think these like I think it's really important to sort of know that I, I I think these guys that are there I think I think it's sort of there are really good players at Bath and and I think the coaches are, are really really good coaches that like, I'll stress that like Toby Booth Darren Edwards especially thinking about those guys they were really pivotal in in that Bath side that was that were had you know got to the final of the Premiership in in, in fourteen fifteen and these guys are really good coaches and we've got some really good players but I think at times you just need to start afresh like you look at some of the clubs that you've mentioned there Charlie. Uh, like Northampton Saints, like they had a really good coach in Jim Mounder. They had a decent player squad as well. But I think at times it maybe becomes a little bit stale and you need sort of fresh ideas into the club. Similar sort of thing at, at Harlequins as well. Conor O'Shea, and, and they kind of replaced him with someone in camp, which didn't really work. And to do a fresh start with Paul Gustard going into Harlequins, reinvigorating these players, seeing these players sort of in a different light, I think that could be really helpful for Bath because I think it's a really good playing squad and I think it's a really good coaching staff. But at times, yeah. I think it just sort of, that marriage just isn't working right now. And I, I think a fresh start, you know, is it, going to be really good. And, and you know, we've got that. So, so I guess that's a positive. Yeah, and, and you know, Gloucester is the other one I mentioned. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Johan Ackerman coming in uh, first season, not not you know not a massive success, but you could see um, the style of play that he was trying to implement, the culture that he was he was trying to implement, and now it really is um, starting to pay dividends. And I'm glad um, you boys have both um, come back and say we do have the tools, we do have the players, and we do have the the, the coaching quality as well, albeit you know maybe not um, quite at the top because you know I, I think that there certainly is hope. Um, with Bath and the fact that we're not resigned to, to being a challenge cup side a mid-table side um, I think um, you know says a lot about uh, our supporters and also a lot about um, some of the players um, we've got and, and, and you know th- there is there is hope for the future isn't yeah, there? Yeah there is hope but I do think in order to actually achieve these results I think there needs to be perhaps slightly more transparency from 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 that coaching setup and who is actually in charge of what because that is that is the million dollar question that I think people across all walks of rugby life no matter what you do if you're associated with the premiership I think Bath one of those teams where no one quite knows what is going on at at, at the top of the club and we've we've spoken about it on this podcast that there there have been you know a lot of disgruntled uh, departures uh, over the years and I think there that is perhaps a source of uh, of you know some of our some of our you know, poor performances and uh, you know I, I want to throw the word culture out there but not quite sure how to throw it in but yeah yeah um anyway I think good good points I think uh, there lads and, and just moving uh, the conversation on slightly and uh, you mentioned uh, the tools we have um, in our toolbox and there have been um, a couple of announcements of uh, some changes uh, to said uh, toolbox uh, over the week and potentially saw um, saw these coming. Uh, so the, the first, um, which was earlier in the week, um, which was Ross Batty, um, who's obviously uh, sort of probably, I would say now, the third choice uh, hooker at Bath. Um, who uh, re-signed, extended his contract at the club for an undisclosed uh, length of time. Um, and that takes his uh, Bath career um, uh, past the 10-year mark. So he's obviously been at the club uh, for a long time. And I know he's sort of a well-liked uh, guy um, within the squad. G, what were your, uh, what were your thoughts, uh, you know, hearing that news? Happy we've, uh, we, we've re-signed Batty? Yeah, I think kind of unsurprising, Tom, as you kind of alluded to there. Like, I think he is sort of third choice hooker, and if if we were to bring in a, a hooker, then it would have to be someone maybe to go above both Dunn and Walker. And I think the development those guys have shown, particularly Dunn, Walker may not have progressed this season uh, like 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 maybe I expected, and I think a few Bath fans expected. But I think. You know, I think we're happy with, 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 with the order of our hookers, the pecking order. The two at the top are quite young guys, hoping to keep those guys fit, keep those guys improving, um, and then just have Batty as a, as a backup who sort of knows the system, knows the club, is, is well-liked, I think, amongst the playing squad and particularly uh, amongst supporters. So, yeah, yeah, I think a pretty wise decision from, from Bath and, and those sort of three hookers, I think, fine going into, into next season. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Charlie, the other one um, that was announced, I think that was earlier earlier today as we were recording on on Monday, was James Wilson, um, who announced uh, probably again unsurprisingly that he'd be uh, leaving the club to go to to go to Japan um, next season to to sort of um, further prolong um, his his rugby 
career there. So obviously James Wilson was someone we drafted back in for the second time um, w- with the injury uh, crisis uh, we had. And uh, yeah, I think he's um, definitely served his purpose, definitely been um, a good squad member and really stepped up to the plate um, when, when it was asked of him, don't you? Yeah, yeah, I think, I think he, he, was, he was valuable when, uh, when, when we needed him. Uh, but yeah, I, I think in, in, in the long run, he's not... Yeah, he's he's a, he's a valuable utility player. Uh, he's been able to do a job really wherever we've needed him, and uh, yeah, when we've been suffering from the injuries, which has seemed to be far too many times this season, but uh, he's had one himself. And yeah, I think uh, l- looking forward, we've got some you know, bigger, better players uh, to uh, to you know, yeah. to really take us. Well, forward. I would say, like, I think hugely talented player, and uh, I don't think that was always uh, sort of appreciated. You know, he played across uh, the back line from ten to fifteen. Um, I think uh, when 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 he was when he was with us, particularly last season, as you say, when he was he was injury free. And Charlie, your impossible uh, sale quiz uh, from from last week's uh, podcast, and he was obviously fly half um, in that game as, the as, you, uh, as you told us. So uh, yeah, I think um, at, at times, as I say, he stepped in and really shown um, shown his talent and, and dug us out of a of a hole on on a number of occasions. So uh, definitely, our, our thanks go to uh, James Wilson for for. Um, sort of everything he's done uh, for the club over the two seasons, and also wish him um, the best of luck uh, in in Japan. Yeah, competing against Todd, see what see what he can do. Yeah, and so I j- just thought, boys, before before we move on, and I, j- I know G, you've uh, prepared um, a, a short uh, quiz for us to try and uh, bring the spirits um, up a little bit. But I just think um, quickly, let's take a step back and and look at uh, the squad for next season because. Um, you know, we've mentioned, uh, you know, the, we've spoken a lot about sort of the signings we've got uh, coming in, but there are still sort of, um, I count, uh, seven um, players that are out of uh, contract um, at the end of the season. And I just wanted to get your boys' thoughts on uh, if uh, we'll be seeing any more um, announcements of, of, of re-signing um, or, or of extensions to, to, to contracts over the, se- uh, over the remainder of the do season. Do you want to do them so, one by one? Well, yeah, I'll just start in the front row, Charlie, and I'll, I'll come to you. Um, in the front row. Obviously, um, we know about the guys we've signed, Will Stewart, Christian Judge, um, and Lewis Boyce, um, uh, the props we've signed, obviously re-signing um, Ross Batty, as I mentioned. So in the front row, uh, the guys out of, the, out of contract are Jacques Van Royen, um, Michael Van Vuren, Max Laheef, and Anthony Perenise. Charlie, do you expect um, that any of those guys um, will be getting contract extensions, and would you like to see them get contract extensions? Uh, to be honest, the only person I could perhaps see being re-signed might be Lahif otherwise gone 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 we have signed two more tight heads so surely Lahif wouldn't wouldn't be one that we'd we'd re-sign no I I think I think am I right in thinking he can play both sides is that just me Um, he can't play one side let alone both (laughs) fair enough yeah yeah, I don't think he had his his best game uh, against Sale Um, yeah Gee, happy to happy to see all that. Well, not happy, but um, would you be surprised if any of those guys got uh, contract extensions? Yeah, I'd be very surprised. As you say, three type, three props coming in, three props going out, and then uh, Van Buren was probably that fourth hooker. So yeah, would be surprised if he uh, got a new contract as well. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that was probably a bit harsh for me on the Heath. Um, he has had he has had a, a decent few games for Bath. So uh, yeah, all three, all four of them actually uh, stepped in well when needed. But um, yeah, time to move on and, and get some of these young guys in. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, maybe maybe he'll go off uh, and try his Australian hopes again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and turn to the second row. So the only guy um, that we don't know about in the second row is Luke Charteris. Um, however, obviously we're hearing that he will be retiring and joining as as a coach. So I think we can kind of safely uh, assume um, that he he won't be a, a player at, at Bath Rugby uh, next season, um, boys. And then just uh, finally in the back three, um, so Jack Wilson and Cooper Vuna are the only other two guys. Um, who are out of contract? Gee, we're going to be uh, we're going to be re-signing those two. I can't really see it to be honest with you. Um, like the difficulty is with Darren's Darren Atkins's injury. If that is sort of a long-term injury going into the start of next season, then perhaps. Um, but I can't really see it. Like we've got a lot of depth there, and if we can keep the guys uh, fit that we actually have, then um, I can't really see. And we've also got Levi Davis, who's um, doing quite well, I think, for Bath United. I uh, played a couple of seasons there, so I think they are looking to promote him next season. So um, yeah, I'd be surprised if either of them sort of signed on. But um, 
Yeah, certainly Cooper Vuna has provided us with a lot of entertainment. One of my uh, favourite Bath players over recent seasons. So it would be quite sad to see him go. But yeah, I think we've got enough depth there to, to sort of let those guys Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, Charlie. I mean, Newcastle Falcons, obviously, um, are, now, are now confirmed as being relegated. I imagine some of their uh, their stars will be looking for, for premiership uh, contracts next season. Would you uh, would you be happy if we announced we were signing uh, either Veronique Gonover or... Or Sonotti Sonotti in, in their place? Sonotti Sonotti, yeah. I'm not, not sure about Gonover. I think, he, yeah, he's a bit, a bit old, a bit past it. He's oh, probably got to go. Yeah, tell... Is he? Yeah. I think, Maybe yeah, Sonotti then? Yeah, Sonotti, I'll be, I'll be perfectly, yeah, I'll be interested. But then again, look... I would, look, I would, I would love that. Yeah, look, look, <laughs> but look what wingers we've, we, we've got available to us. As, as Gabriel says, you know, all fit. None of these, none of these boys are really anywhere near the starting team, are they? No, and but I think all fit is the um, is it, you know is obviously the big assumption. Some of the guys will be involved in in international duty, particularly with the World Cup. Uh, we hope, um, and obviously with the injury record we've seen, I think potentially I I, I wouldn't be surprised if we um, if we hear uh, you know of another back three uh, guy coming in um, if those guys um, aren't aren't signed. And I know Todd Black had a sort of mentioned that that we might be looking for an additional back three player. So see how that one uh, progresses for the rest of the season. Right, boys, um, moving on. And uh, gee, I think uh, before we preview um, the, the the game against Wasps um, at the Rec on Sunday, um, gee, just come to you. I think you've uh, you've 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 put together a, a quiz, haven't you? Yeah, so just trying to lighten the mood ever so slightly from what has probably been uh, quite a, a bleak podcast to listen to and, and to sort of talk about. That was a tough game to watch. So, uh, yeah, let's definitely park that one uh, and move on to a little favourite I'm bringing back. Certainly, Charlie, I know it's one of your favourites, uh, and that is a game of oh. Who Am I? Oh, excellent. Um, so, yeah, you boys in the studio will have to sort of self-regulate each other, um, and, I, and I'll read out the questions. So four clues um, can come in whenever you want, but if you do come in and get it oh. wrong, you're frozen out for, for one clue. Uh, and Tom, yeah, no cheating. because uh, <laughs> This is why he always loses. For, for that sort of thing, mate. He, he, he can't win this one because he can't cheat, Kay. That's why, that's why he loses. Oh, so yeah, I'm expecting to keep my unbeaten record. Cal- calculator can't save yeah. me now. <laughs> <laughs> we set then, lads? Let's yep. do it. Okay, so first player. I made my international debut in 2011 against the Barbarians. Potter Lee? No. Oh. <laughs> I'll sit that one out. Tom, you're out for one. Okay. My dad was also an international rugby player. Um, Zach Mercer. No, God, it wouldn't be 2011. 2011. God, no. Oh, he was still in nappies, mate. Oh, no, right, so you're both back in, then you're both back in. I topped both the tackler and carrier stats at the 2011 Rugby World Cup, a tournament in which my team made it to the semi-finals. Francois Lowe? No. The semi-finals. Uh, so he's got to be... Um, right, give me one more clue, because he's frozen out. <laughs> one more clue. This should... Oh, I think I know who it is. Um, I have fractured my arm twice this season. Valatel. Oh. Excellent, excellent stuff. Incredible that though, just quickly. In 2011 World Cup, he topped both the tackler and carrier stats. That's the only time that's ever happened in a World Cup. He made 75 tackles and didn't miss any in that tournament. That's probably about the same number he's made for Bath in his whole whole Bath career. (laughs) Okay, so Charlie goes 1 0 up. Tom, I think you need to work on your strategy a little bit there. Number two. In 2012, I became the youngest player ever to appear for my club. Um, okay. In 2012. Yeah. Tom Homer. No. Oh, oh sit out. Okay. I made my England debut in 2014, and my first cap karaoke song was "Afternoon Delight" by the Starland Vocal Band. Um. I, I think I know, I know one of yeah I think I know okay, you. Oh, no, hang on hang on, hang on. you, you right, might no. have a guess you might have a guess you've got three guess do I? yeah, yeah three guess three guess um, oh, give me another clue give me another clue wait okay. get on back in though then alright okay fine Charles back in sorry yeah. I played in the under 20 Six Nations Championship at the age of 17 
and finished it as the second top try scorer. Freddie by Burns? My then club teammate, Marland Yard. Oh. Anthony Watson. That's <laughs> who I was going to go for in the previous round. I, I just thought it was someone from London Irish. I was tossing up between him and JJ, but uh, Watson's younger, isn't he? Correct. Charlie takes an unassailable 2 0 lead. It's too easy, Tom. <laughs> yeah, it's not my game. Okay. Well, so, sorry, um, just, just, just quickly, thinking back then, London Irish must have had Watson, Homer, and Marlon Yard as their back three. Christ. Yeah. God, what could have been, eh? Unreal. Yeah. Yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous academy line there. Mm. Right, last one. I have been at Bath since 2016. Um, uh, okay, go on. As a player, I won two Super Rugby titles with the Crusaders. Photo Lee. Nope. Oh, no. no. Oh, go on. I've been I've captained New Zealand on fourteen occasions. Um Do you know Charlie. Do you know? <laughs> oh, exactly. oh, hang on. God. Who is I'm, that? I'll do you go from again, Tom. No, I've no, 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 no. As a player, I won two super rugby titles with the Crusaders. I have captain New Zealand on 14 occasions. <laughs> Who is Can this? I just say it? <laughs> oh, just so much. Um, come on, this is painful for the listeners. Go on, go on. It's Todd! <laughs> oh, good <laughs> shout. <laughs> it's Todd, Blackadder. I was going to say Paul Grant. I was like, Paul Grant's oh. the only key I can think of. Pretty sure he's not uh, captain New Zealand 14 times. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah super Todd. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Charlie 3-0 that really is your Achilles heel Tom we speak about past Achilles heel but that's certainly yours mate yeah definitely uh, definitely not my game right anyway. well I'll say thank you I think uh, is, is, the, is maybe not the word but yeah um, thanks for that and uh, yeah let's move on boys um, finally as we always do uh, to look ahead optimistically um, to Bath's next fixture uh, which is this weekend um, on Sunday, it's a bank holiday weekend, so uh, uh, get down to the wreck and, and support the boys. Um, almost a sellout, actually, um, this one, boys, for the last um, home game of the season against London Wasps. Um, and, you know, boys, just to um, give you a bit of uh, context before I come to you um, for your thoughts. I mean, we, we talk about the last two games of the season um, being important. We've got a good record against Wasps. Um, we've beaten them uh, twice this season. Um, and drew with them once. Obviously, we had them in the in our Champions uh, Cup group um, and uh, as well. Um, and Wasps, alongside uh, Leicester, who are obviously our last game, are the only team we've come up against this season in all competitions who we haven't lost to. Um, so if that's if that's some uh, crumb <laughs> of comfort uh, to take away with you from this podcast, then uh, then, then then I think um, that'll be it. But gee, I'll come I'll come to you first. Um, what do you see um, as sort of Wasps' uh, main uh, threat, um, and how do you think we go about uh, we go about beating Wasps on Sunday? Yeah, I was actually like thinking about this um, when I was watching the Wasps Saracens game with you, as you you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Tom. And I do see a lot of similarities actually between Bath and Wasps. Uh, both teams like really, really inconsistent. Um, both teams at times this season leaky in defence, and then at other times this season can't seem to to put the attack together. Uh, both teams got a lot of on-paper attacking uh, talent. I look at the likes of Willie LaRue, Elliot Daly, Lima Sopwanger in their team, Anthony Watson, Jonathan Joseph and Jamie Roberts in our team. A lot of international class in this team and yet both teams uh, seem unable to sort of put it together. And I do see a lot of similarities in that respect. But as you say, we've kind of had the mockers on Wasps, certainly this season, um, which has been good. The thing about Wasps, I, I will just say, like, we, we went to the Rico, actually, in that game that, that we won, Tom, on the 23rd of December mm. uh, earlier uh, this season. Last last, last away uh, victory uh, for Bath. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe it was our, our good omen, Tom. But, um, yes, I, I, I do think about Wasps. Like, they haven't exactly got a really big sort of home advantage, I wouldn't say. Like, the atmosphere at the Rico, you know, on, on Saturday, and Saracens especially, isn't always fantastic. I'm still looking to sort of build a support base there. And, and I do think with a team like Wasps, 
they're, they're almost just as good away as, as they are at home. I look at the teams they've beaten this season away. They've beaten Exeter, Worcester, Sale, Newcastle and Bristol away this season. And they nearly probably should have beaten Leicester away this season as well. So that's almost half their away games that they've won. And, and, and it's sort of similar when they look at home. So, so with that respect, I don't think it's necessarily good having them away. It's not like a team like Sale who, who dominate at home, um, but then are less good on the road. So I would say that about Bath. But yeah, as you say, Tom, cautiously optimistic as always. Yeah, uh, I'm, 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 I'm wary. Yes, we have got the home advantage. And yes, we've played quite well against Wasps. But you know, we've spoken about Bath you know, being slightly ravaged with injury. You look at them, you look at Wasps, uh, Jimmy Gopper, he's only just come back. He's been out for the, basically the entire season. Uh, they're only just starting to get their players back together. You know, they lost Christian Wade. They've lost all these guys. So they really had to pull it. You know, they were piecing things together at the start of the season. Lima Sopawanga, their big signing went down for, for, for a couple of months. And I think they've just got their, their team all back together. They've got top four in sight. Uh, they, and I, in my opinion, this is going to be a really tough game. You know, you, you talk about how leaky our defence has been. Uh, Wasps know how to you know, they they know how to pick pick uh, defenses apart. You know, just just look going uh, on the stats against Saracens this weekend. Saracens famous for 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 their, you know, their wolf pack defense. You know, Twenty two defenders beaten, ten clean breaks, eleven offloads, and four hundred and twenty one meters made, which is all uh, uh, all those stats read higher than than, than, than Saracens. Uh, and against the Bath defense that. You know, uh, isn't isn't always uh, as sharp as it should be. We we could really struggle in that department. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with that. To be honest, I think I think our defence is one of the only areas of our game that's looked consistently good, even against um, the top sides that we played this season. And, and you know, like well, why? I'll, but then why why have we lost so many games in the last minute? Then well, because we've been unable to convert. No, it's, our own, it's, it's poor defence. We're, we're conceding we're conceding points at the, at the end of games. We're not really. We, we, we start off very Charlie, well. If you look at our actual aggregate points conceded for the whole season, it's actually one of the lowest in the league. Mm. We, we, the defense isn't the issue for me. The the, the issue we've got, um, well, one of the many issues we've got, and we won't we won't go back into this, is our inability to to finish chances. Um, we we often look blunt um, in attack. You know, I, I watched the the Wasp Saracens game, and I wasn't. You know, aside from the odd Marcus Watson uh, break or or you know, nice pass from from Sopawanger or, or Elliot Daly, I. You know, I may be proved completely wrong here, Charlie, but I don't think there's actually that much uh, to worry about in terms of the Wasps' attack. Um, and, you know, Wasps have been hot and cold, as we've said, and, and they have started uh, to build a bit of momentum. You know, they beat Exeter on the road, which was a massive uh, win for them and, and, and suddenly and unexpectedly put them back in, in top four uh, contention. But then, to be honest, they look pretty abject uh, again against Saracens. And every time we've we've sort of played them, I, I haven't um, been, been particularly impressed. So... I think out of the three games, uh, to be honest, out of Sale, Wasps and Leicester, I think um, being at home, this is this is the most winnable. And I, I actually think that, um, you know, probably be proved completely wrong, but I actually think this is our best opportunity um, to get a win. And I actually think we will, G. Yeah, important as well. I think that we've sort of referenced it a few times, but there was quite a lot of negative reaction on social media. I know that doesn't represent, you know, the whole of the bar supporters that are going to be there on the day, but it is kind of like a, a sort of microcosm of, of bar supporters' opinions. And I, I do sort of hope, I, I'm not going to be there on Sunday, but I know you are, Tom, and I mm. do sort of hope that the, the, the rep gets behind the boys. I always say this, but it is the last game of the season, and although results haven't gone our way, I think we do need to sort of use, use that home advantage, because I would agree that, that this is... Uh, our easiest game left and, and, and part of that is the fact that um, it is at home and, and and you're probably going to ask me sort of where I think the game is, is going to be won or lost yeah go on and, 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 and I, we talk every week about you know set piece breakdown this that and the other and you know as much as that is all of that stuff's going to be crucial I think this week this game is going to be won or lost in the week and and it's going to be won hopefully by Bath by the leaders in that group like this is a really sort of testing time for that club with a lot of the coaches sort of leaving the Bath season sort of in limbo could get into the top six or could just peter out it feels like it's just starting to to peter out and I think the leaders in that Bath squad I'm thinking of 
Charlie Yules, I'm thinking of, of, of Chudley, you know, I'm thinking of even the likes of Jonathan Joseph, who's been at that club a lot of time. It is vital this week that, that they sort of step up and, and bring that team up because morale must be extremely low in, in the camp. It's low amongst the supporters and that is going to translate across to the players. So I think this game is going to be won or lost in the lead up to the game by the leaders within that group. And I really hope they're sort of all rallying together and sort of giving Todd a send-off. But, but most importantly, sort of giving these the, the, the supporters, the bar supporters, a bit, a bit of a send-off and something to be positive over in, in the summer. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we look back um, and review this season, indeed after the end of the season and, um, and, and in the future... Um, I think we'll we'll forget pretty quickly um, about the uh, dreadful game um, up at the AJ Bell. But obviously, one thing uh, that we won't forget is is where we finish and ultimately um, which European um, um, competition we're involved in next season. So obviously, as we always say, hugely important to try um, and finish um, this game um, on a season. Charlie, just just um, lastly, I guess. So if you were, um, you know, I sort of ask this question every week, but if you were sort of uh, Todd Blackadder, um, you know, sitting uh, around the table. Um, trying to work out how to how to for the second last time trying to work out how to how to penetrate the wasps defence where we can sort of try and come out on top. What areas would um, would you be looking at um, in terms of wasps specifically um, that, that we try to try to exploit on Sunday? Uh, I'd say we've got to sharpen up around the breakdown um, yeah. and you know try and try and punish them from turnover ball really because uh, I think you know you, the. You, you you made the point, Gabriel, uh, about the the leaky Wasps defence, and it is, and they they've got um, one of the one of the worst defences in the league. Yeah. So if we if we're able to punish that from turnover ball and uh, you know, make the most of those opportunities, there could be could be one or two moments in the game where you know I think we we, we could perhaps uh, you know run away with it or not, and I think those will be the moments where it's won and lost. Um, and yeah, that's what that's what I'd be saying. You know, you're trying to you know, you're trying to work on that counter attack and really you know put some put some pace uh, put some pace into turnover ball. Yeah, I've noticed one thing actually from from the Saracens game, and and it's not the first time I've sort of um, seen it with the Wasps. And, and you talk about the defence. I think often their actual defence right around the fringes um, is quite leaky. They've got guys who aren't always the quickest to react to uh, to runners. So I'm thinking particularly of of Kieran Brooks. Um, he's obviously quite, you know, quite a big guy, and um, yeah, quite, quite beatable, I think. Um, if you get someone with with dancing feet like Anthony Watson or Rory McConaughey, um, Kieran Mile missed um, a pretty unforgivable uh, tackle on Will Skelton, um, which allowed sort of the big man um, in Dave Atwood fashion to sort of romp in um, for a try. So I think um, looking at sort of how their defence sets up specifically, I think that that's an area. Um, that will be targeting but as you say you know Wasps one of the worst defences in the league uh, probably the other team you talk about will be Leicester um, so you know these last two weeks hopefully um, you know we'll get we'll get good uh, good weather and we can start to um, to, to bring um, bring these guys um, into the fore a little bit more well, hopefully more than they did they did against Sale yeah, I think that's a great point actually Tom sort of their, their defenders in and, in and around the ruck and, and hopefully what we will see this week from Bath is our wingers coming off off the wing and mm. getting into the game and sort of exploiting those those sort of perhaps tired forwards in and around the breakdown as you say I've seen a couple of uh, times this season those those guys slipping off tackled off potentially quicker guys which you know you can't necessarily blame them for and we spoke earlier in the podcast about how few uh, carries the wingers had on on Friday night against Sale so hopefully sort of in a, in a, in the way sort of Jack now does at Exeter those guys can come off their wing and uh, and beat the defenders in and around there and create line breaks like that because something to kind of give us a little bit of a of a spark in attack would would be really appreciated I think yeah it'd be a, a good time for them to start doing it as well only taking them to the second last game of the season I think we <laughs> we I think we probably you can listen back to our to our first one of our first podcasts against Bristol when we're saying yeah Joe talking to Seagull look good perhaps should go for looking for a bit more work because you've got completely outshone by Rocco Dagini and you know here we are second last game of the season saying oh it'd be great if wingers went off uh, went off looking for some work you know it's all, it's all about building for next season mate that's yeah. all, that's all, we're it's all doing. about next season um, okay L- last question um, and I'll throw this one out to, to, to both of you Charlie um, you first um, would you like to see any any changes to the uh, to the starting 15 that played Sale um uh, just let you have a look through. Yeah, just having a quick. I, I'm I'm not sure really. I thought this was one of the strongest teams you know we've had out. Again, I'd I'd probably keep Burns at, at ten. Uh, I think if anyone's going to get that bat line going, it's going to be him above Priestland. Uh, but you know, I, I'm I'm not I'm not not filled with uh, with any any ideas uh, to change it up. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, just before I come to you, one man, obviously injury permitting, um, I would like to see come back into the four if possible, is, is Nathan Catt. Um, obviously, we thought he'd he'd potentially be fit for the trip to the AJ Bell, but obviously um, wasn't as it turned out. I think um, he's probably one guy that I, I'd like to see um, come in. G, any other sort of uh, changes? Would you would you go Burns over Priestland again? Uh, yeah, well, just on Cat briefly, Tom, uh, we've missed him massively these last couple of weeks. Like, when we look at uh, yeah. sort of key Bath players this season, like, the, the, when Cat's been out, we've looked a completely different side. Like, he's so important to us. And I don't really know sort of what's wrong with him. I, I don't, haven't really seen sort of an injury report. So, hopefully, we can get Catty back. Um, as you say, he, he's vital. Yeah, probably stick with Burns because neither of them really covered themselves in glory, to say the least. Maybe have a change at nine. Uh, Green is surely... Uh, do another start at some point, but or maybe Chudley to start mix that up a little bit, um, and maybe Elliot Stuke as yeah, well into the second row. Yeah. You know, I was having a discussion with someone on Twitter before the before the sale game about sort of what does Stuke have to do to to get more than ten minutes into the game. So maybe freshen up with him a, 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 a in the second row, give a bit more energy to to what looked like quite a tired Bath team, quite a tired Bath pack especially. So, yeah, I think maybe those changes there and, uh, yeah, bring a bit of spark, a bit of energy to what is surely quite a, a down camp. Yeah. Um, any, anything else you, you wanted to say? No, uh, Charlie, no I think that's, that summed it all up. I'd, I'd agree with both your boys. Yeah, well, thanks a lot, lads. And, um, yeah, I hope um, sort of you know to, to the listeners that have that have come um, sort of this far uh, with us after, as we say, what was a what was a dreadful game um, on sale. Then thank you, thank you very much for for your support. And you know we hope this has acted as 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 some sort of a therapy because obviously um, and understandably there's a lot of frustration um, and a lot of anger um, sort of on, on social media. And I, I just think the important thing is is that um, you know we. Obviously, we can be critical um, of these players. You know, they are they are professional players, and they, they should be doing better. But um, I hope we've sort of uh, hope we've shown that there are uh, glimpses of things to be to be positive um, to be positive about. At the very least, there is going to be change um, uh, around the club sort of next season. So um, I guess we can sort of look forward to to, to, to what that brings, um, either positively um, or, or, or negatively. And if you do still um, sort of need more in the way of therapy and, and need uh, to get sort of more um, off your chest as far as as far as Bath is concerned, then um, if you're on Twitter, I would definitely sort of direct you um, across to, to to rugby to rugby stig um, is 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 the handle on Twitter um, who posted what was an incredible um, sort of 12, 12 or thirteen tweet. Uh, rant about everything that's everything that's bad with Bath and everything that's frustrating um, and a lot of it was sort of founded on positive thoughts you know we have got these tools we have got these incredible facilities incredible coaches we're just not harnessing them harnessing them in the right way so uh, yeah definitely um, check that out and uh, yeah just I guess remember that you know it, w- it will get better boys um, and uh, hopefully at some point as you say Charlie and um, we're at rock bottom or we can't get much worse but um the only, the only sort of way is up uh, going forward. So, uh, yeah, I think that's sort of the message that, that, that we'd leave um, leave you with this week. But, uh, yeah, um, other than that, get in touch with us um, with any sort of thoughts you've got. We, we always really enjoy hearing from you. So um, we're at Bath Rugby Plug um, on Twitter and uh, we're Bath Rugby Plug at gmail.com on, on email if you, if you don't have Twitter. Um, but I think that's everything uh, uh, for now, boys. So um, thanks, Charlie. Cheers. Uh, and, and cheers, G. Thick and thin, boys. Stick out it.